0: Today, I'm speaking with Matt Green, founder of Bodyguide. It's a body literacy and movement guide app that provides guidance and digital health programs to help manage pain and other movement issues by teaching life-changing skills on demand. We talk about Matt's journey transitioning from being an allied health practitioner into a health tech startup entrepreneur. His process, the new skills, and how that's setting up Guide to better synthesize body literacy and self-management of common conditions. There are so many reasons why people may not take the time to visit a healthcare practitioner, and their sedentary lifestyle may be the reason why their health is deteriorating. Matt talks us through the rationale for starting up Bodyguide to offer a low barrier entry to healthcare using a mobile app as a digital health intervention. This episode looks at the journey of a practitioner into health tech innovation, and working through the why, the what, the how of building a digital health intervention, along with an emerging and innovative approach to health literacy, self-management and self-referral. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, Matt, how are you doing today? Thanks for uh, coming along. What's been happening in your world?
1: I have been working through COVID like a lot of people in Melbourne at the moment, so there's not a lot of excitement going on, so I'm very happy to be here and get to talk to someone. It's, uh, Yeah. yeah, it's really great.
0: Nice. No, I know that's one of the great things about digital life is that we can still maintain some relationships. But yeah, Melbourne's pretty much about work at the moment, at least to those who uh, have it. But look, I'm really excited to have this chat with you, Matt. Uh, you're doing some pretty cool stuff. Before we get into Bodyguide and where you're at right at this point in time, uh, do you want to give us a little bit of a background in terms of your uh, allied health journey and uh, what leads you to this point in time?
1: My background is myotherapy. Came out of uni about 10 years ago. This month would have been my 10th year of yeah, private practice. I've had a little clinic in Port Melbourne for a while. And uh, in between then and now, I also started a, a telehealth business in 2015, doing sort of chronic pelvic pain rehab online. Uh, up until now, I guess the last two years, I've been working on, on this new project, Body Guide. And that's sort of my journey. Be yeah, 10 years of private practice, it would have been this month if my clinic was open. <laughs>
0: Tell us a little bit more about that. The the OP clinic uh, is really interesting in your history because that was the that was a hundred percent online services, right? And you weren't delivering any in-person services through that model. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration and and what you were doing through that process.
1: Yes, that was really interesting. So that was targeting a condition called osteitis pubis, which is a groin pain issue uh, and sort of SPD, which is, uh, I guess, a a different variant of it, depending on how you, you look at it diagnostically. And yeah, we basically just put up a bunch of content that was really embarrassing, like some videos on YouTube. We were just trying to explain the condition and create some value for people. And yeah, back in about 2015, we had an email from a bloke in Romania to our our YouTube channel named Flavius. And he just asked us if we could help him online. And and I looked at my old business partner, Jason Dabrio, who's actually still running it. We were just like, yeah, we'll give it a crack. And so it was a completely organic business. It grew really, really well. Most of our clients were in the US, the UK and Europe. There were very few australian clients and yeah we just built out a really robust program of content online delivering yeah for lack of a better word a solution uh for people with with these kind of chronic pelvic conditions it was a really formative experience for me in particular it was a great great little business to be a part of
0: yeah it's a it's a really interesting um choice of words as well formative yeah because you're really way ahead of the industry in delivering uh online healthcare support education uh, that kind of remote healthcare model. How much of that journey do you think has has also underpinned the inspiration, I guess, for uh, getting to where you are now in setting up an app called uh, Bodyguide? And we'll, and we'll get into what Bodyguide is in a moment.
1: Yeah, I, I think for a lot of therapists in sort of a physical therapy-esque space, come out of uni uh, with a population that expects to be treated hands-on, and I think for a lot of us in that space, we gradually come to realize that the hands-on stuff is really powerful for relationship building and really powerful for sort of getting someone out of a bind when they're really in trouble. But in terms of longer term value that you're creating for your client or your patient, that that's really in the education, the empowerment piece and and uh, for us through the OP clinic. And even prior to that, we, we were always really big on trying to create better resources for people to understand their body and exercise videos. Even back in 2011, we were sending emails after every single session uh, with here's your exercises and here's what we want you to think about and focus on. So I think for me, the OP clinic was a proving point that even for a a fairly complex condition, that treatment could be seen as being like a tool in the toolkit that's certainly not necessary for an outcome. And I think that was what OP clinic proved to us as we worked on it for a few years, was that we could be genuinely effective long-term without ever laying hands on someone. So Yeah, pre this kind of COVID telehealth movement uh, that was, I guess, proven to me on a personal level through my involvement in the OP clinic.
0: Fantastic. So Bodyguide, what is it and what's your vision for it?
1: Bodyguide, this current iteration is essentially a tool where you can click on an area of the body that's concerning you. You can answer some questions and arrive at essentially a a sort of personalized program. The reason that uh, this project is so important to me is I I really spent a lot of time in private practice trying to work out what value I was creating for patients. And there's actually lots of different value propositions that occur in a treatment room. And one of them is is often just like reassuring your patient that everything's okay. And they you know they shake your hand, thank you so much, Matt, I was worried about this. And that's, that's a really interesting thing that like one of the, your functionalities is not your elbow in someone's back. It's not a whiz-bang diagnosis. It's that kind of interpersonal understanding of the matter that gives a patient or a client the feeling of ownership and autonomy. And so for me, I looked at my private practice and was really aware that there was a lot of information that I was providing to the same or to people over and over and over again. And as a practitioner, you kind of refine those scripts. So you come out of uni describing back pain in one way, and then you work with a bunch of patients and you start refining those scripts to make it, I guess, more digestible to someone who doesn't have an anatomy background. And for me, I really felt that no one had ever made that effort, that no one had really gone out there and invested time in trying to upskill people as to how their body works. You would get patients come through with these long stories about chronic hip pain or back pain. And you would ask, hey, what's the main movement that your pelvis does? And they would invariably say, well, what do you mean? And I, I kind of felt like there was this big step missing. So body guide is a way for me to quickly and easily and at low cost or no cost get people to feel in control of what's going on for them, to help them make informed decisions about appointments and certainly for them to be able to reference uh, yeah, educational materials between appointments as well. And I think that it's uh, really important that we as a health community over the next 10, 20 years look to make this information that's valuable for people, look to make that more open source sort of democracy of information. And this is how your body works. And um, if we can do that basic bit, that foundational body literacy, I'm hopeful that all of our clinical outcomes improve. People get better faster and they stay better longer because they innately have some ownership or authority over how their body moves. And I think that's a, yeah, a long-winded way of me saying that that's sort of the driving force behind Bodyguide is trying to upskill everyone.
0: Are you sort of dealing with a much bigger picture, which is that any kind of literacy that relates to healthcare that comes uh, in the context of the body, I could actually get access from the app. Is that kind of the idea?
1: It's always interesting talking about a project because I'm talking about what Bodyguide is at the moment and you asked about bigger vision. And obviously there's some things that we'd love to build out over time. But at the moment, your Bodyguide's really there for, I'm sore or I'm stiff and I'm tight. And for whatever reason, I'm, I'm either avoiding making an appointment about it, I, I don't have the money, I can't get to the appointment, or, you know, all those kinds of factors that contribute to when someone finally arrives in a clinical setting. But yeah, so as part of you, say you uh, accessed a, a neck pain program, you wouldn't be getting a diagnosis through bodyguard, we don't provide that, but you would learn what's your shoulder blade, what does it do? How does your posture relate to this? Does it even relate to your pain? You know, those kinds of foundational things where we can show you how your shoulder does have an influence on your neck and how even your pelvis has an influence on your shoulder and those kind of connections but trying to make it really patient-facing you know empowering language interesting visuals interesting animations and 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 basically my bet behind it is that bodies are really interesting and I think people are innately interested in their bodies and they haven't had a lot of great sort of low-cost tools to dive in and learn more about themselves. And I think that's one of the main roles that hopefully Bodyguide will play over the next couple of years as it evolves.
0: Yeah, look, I was kind of stretching it out there in terms of what the vision might be, because, uh, you know, the way I relate to the name, it's a Bodyguide. Uh, So there's a lot of potential within that. And certainly, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. So you've kind of got a starting point in terms of where you're at at the moment. Let's talk a little bit about that kind of startup process, because you've made the transition from being in private practice and being a health practitioner yourself. What's that been like for you to adapt, I guess, this knowledge and skill that you had as a practitioner, but then translate that into, I guess, the completely different world of health technology? What's that been like for you?
1: Uh, fascinating, really. Both my other businesses were essentially bootstrapped. And I mean, this one was bootstrapped to an extent, bootstrapped when you use your own money to, to fund it. So, you know, I was redo, I was using the clinic to sort of pay for my time uh, building this in the early days. And it, it just became very apparent that, the, that like <laughs> it's it's not a cheap thing to build technology. And so I kind of very quickly had to immerse myself in, in I guess, the startup ecosystem, particularly in, in sort of Australia. And uh, we're we're actually just part of a program called Startmate at the moment, which is one of the main accelerator programs uh, in Australia. And that's been a really wonderful experience, but definitely uh, just really grateful for just the personal experience of being exposed to stuff that you just can't get exposed to one-on-one in a clinical setting. Uh, So it's been a a very interesting and a very steep learning curve, I'll say that. Um, Yeah, really exciting along the way.
0: Uh, Look, I I can imagine. I mean, you know how much I love the uh, startup scene and uh, just health tech innovation uh, broadly. So, with uh, with start mate, have you found those other perspectives? Let's say, uh, for lack of a better term, the non clinician or the non practitioner perspectives. Have they changed your thinking at all around? You know where you thought you were going to go with the original idea compared to where you're at now.
1: The the idea hasn't shifted very much, but the actual process of getting a product out into market has been probably my biggest learning curve. And it's actually made me reflect on like almost every client I've ever had, because as part of taking a product to market when you're not, you don't have any revenue yet. And it's all kind of unproven is you really need to be in front of your, we call them customers. You can say patients or users, whatever you want, and really try and understand their needs. And that's been the thing that we've been encouraged to do by being exposed to the startup ecosystem is, dive into what the patient need actually is and what that's done is reinforced some of my ideas or attitudes behind bodyguide and sort of challenged a few other ones but in particular you know i'm really passionate about what is the journey before you make an appointment so because you know if we look at it laterally we go all right i'm sore i'm an average average joe and i basically have two options for myself one is to google for free or cheap and and one is to spend the hundred dollars on an appointment the behaviors that drives are really interesting so as an example. When we do customer interviews, one of the things that's been stopping people that are sore seeking help is they go, I saw this great osteo, or I saw this great physio, they gave me exercises and I felt better for a while and then I forgot to do them. And look, I, I just don't want to do them wrong. You know, I don't want to do them wrong and do myself any harm. But they're actually quite nervous about doing their rehab in the wrong way. And they also don't want to go in and see someone to be given the same exercises and feel guilty because they didn't remember them. And that's a really interesting little psychological block for why people are letting aches and pains stay longer than they need to and so yeah to to answer the question to try and bring it back is i've learned much more about how to listen to customers call it and that has definitely informed my sense of what value body guide could bring to the world also how we could make our clinical practice more efficient uh and and empower people to yeah through through content honestly just through having access better access to content to do more of their rehab uh, and to move better. So that, that's probably the big takeaway.
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's a really key insight for any uh, budding practitioner entrepreneurs out there looking at the digital health space is to bring it right back down to who you're actually designing for. Spend a bit of time with those people. Whoever, whoever embodies or represents that ideal customer would be a good person to be spending quite a bit of time with and kind of working through the type of goals that they have, you know, what their kind of difficulties are in achieving those goals. Um, some of the language that you've probably assimilated through Startmate, things like the customer experience, the journey of the customer, the pain points that the customer is going through, and then looking at how you can define that as a problem to solve and then translate that into a technical solution that addresses the problem. Have have you reached that point where you kind of have a target persona in terms of who you actually imagine is the type of person that would be using Bodyguide at this point in time? Have you Have you defined that?
1: Yeah. So we've got a few sort of customer types that we think are at the moment wanting to move better, wanting to feel better, but for whatever reason, avoiding an appointment at this point, things like people in their early thirties, putting in big hours and sort of, you know, professional services, they're putting in the big hours, they want the promotion down the track, they're sitting nonstop. And so they have this kind of like pull of like, it's really important that what I do now sets me up later in life. But at the same time, what's my body going to be like later in life if I keep doing these 60-hour you know, weeks, that kind of thing. So there's sort of personas that we, we're, we're working through at the moment. But, I mean, if we move completely out of bodyguide world, you know, the advertising algorithms are so sophisticated these days that a lot of the feedback that I'm getting from the startup ecosystem is definitely, like, do your interviews and find the people that you think are going to respond, but also spend a little bit of time just putting your product out there and then working backwards as to who's responding to it, that it's kind of like a, a feedback loop. So yeah, you make informed guesses and then you reflect on who's responding, who's loving your product, who's saying, oh my God, Bodyguide, you know, my back feels amazing and I feel like I've actually learned some things. So yeah, I guess that's where we're at. We've got a good sense of some communities we think we could be really helpful to.
0: Fantastic. And have you found that uh, the ones that are resonating with Bodyguide have been fairly consistent with some of that initial research or are you kind of having an an expansion or an an awareness of, um, hey, my customer, I thought they were over here, but they're actually over there. What's what's that been like for you?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, some of it comes down to where people access health information. So, you know, we've had populations we've explored through our customer interviews that go, oh, my God, that's a great idea. That's fabulous. And we said, cool, where do you get your health information? They say, oh, my mates at the, you know, my social circle. Do you ever go online for information about your health? Never. And so it's kind of interesting, that kind of commercial side, which is not my strong suit, <laughs> is... Yeah, trying to understand that there are some people that it's perfect for that we may not be able to message to so that that's been interesting as well but so far yeah young professionals who understand the value of information and want to um, be a little bit more self-directed with their bodies as opposed to that kind of passive come here and i'll help you relax and i'll give you a massage kind of thing which is again fabulous when that's what you're after the, the number one response that's been really moving for me to see through body guide is the sheer delight when someone's been able to use movement on their own through their phone and they feel better. And that kind of sense of like, oh, my God, I'm capable, I can do this myself sometimes, you know, that, that's been the really great bit of feedback that's has yeah, been really moving for the whole team to see people get excited that they were capable of doing some stuff on their own, that they weren't fragile and they didn't need to be wrapped in cotton wool, that just, you know, the act of moving and trying to understand your body was so quickly fruitful, I guess, for them. I'm
0: feeling your energy and your, your excitement at being able to actually impact people in that way. So that is, that's a great result. So let's, let's talk about the journey then. So, so right now, uh, somebody can go to the App Store or the Play Store and they can download Body Guide. What happens next? How have you designed the journey?
1: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that's really important to us is obviously just straight up safety. So like we're not diagnosing and we're not offering solutions to specific conditions. What we offer is a journey where you download the app and you basically get to click on the area of the body that's concerning you. You answer a series of questions. And if those questions determine that, you know, you're potentially at risk, you're actually going to get a referral to say, hey, go see someone. Not, not sort of a referral in the sense that your doctor gives you a referral to a specialist, just like a call to action couple of your responses here we think you should probably get checked out on this one you know that's sort of I think particularly on the employer and health insurance fund side a really strong value proposition of trying to get people in front of professionals faster because we know that early intervention creates better outcomes so so one of the first value propositions is just hey you've just clicked on your uh, shoulder you've answered a series of questions we actually do think you totally deserve to go and talk to someone because some people aren't sure if it's serious enough to make an appointment Say. So we kind of guide that side of trying to get people who are to us of concern to see people earlier. But if, if not, if you've just got a stiff neck and uh, you know, something like that, you click, you answer a series of 10 to 15 questions and then yeah, Bodyguard will basically build you a program that will teach you about your anatomy, show you some exercises and you just get daily sessions that you can do whenever you want. You can do it at 2am, you can do it at 11am. It doesn't matter. And you can kind of self pace through these education materials. But if anyone does download and have a play, you'll see it's really strongly structured. We've got like learning first, learn about your body, then move. And then we've got a bunch of what we call soothe, which is teaching how to lie in a massage ball or, or roll around on a foam roll, that kind of thing. So trying to get people to see those three things working together towards a solution, movement, the education, and then just like the nurturing self-care time.
0: So the pathway that um, a person has is they're, they're going to start interacting with Body Guide, And at some point, Body Guide is flagging that this may not be a situation where the uh, the body guide education uh, is optimal. And so it would say to that person, we think you need to speak or make an appointment and go and speak to somebody and work through it in a more comprehensive way. Did I understand that correctly? So you sort of got this.
1: Absolutely. And it was interesting because that that wasn't really a thing that was, I guess, required, you know, we are an education tool and, and sort of a, a movement tool. And so we're not positioning as being a medical product. Anyway, as I said, we're not diagnosing, we're not treating specific conditions. But it was still just on a personal level really important to me that we didn't have anyone in there hanging out that, you know, was at risk. And I thought that it was really important to give people that nudge to say, hey, and, and like everyone uh, listening that maybe does have a you know, private practice background, sometimes every now and then it's quite rare, but someone tells you a series of things going on for them and you go, why are you not at the doctors? Like, <laughs> and they oh, I wasn't sure it was that serious. So for me, yeah, yeah, there is definitely the emotional side that I do still want people to, yeah, be in front of professionals when they need it. And I think that's a really important part of the product to be able to triage people a little bit to professional care when it, they definitely should be.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. And when so there's one scenario there which is Bodyguide telling you that you should refer yourself off to a uh, practitioner. Does it articulate the type of practitioner that perhaps you should be seeing or is it, is it just a, a general flag at this point in time?
1: Yeah, so at, at this very point in time, it's a general flag, and what we're really interested in is, I guess, that part of the product evolving over the next couple of years. So there's a consumer-facing product. There's also a product we've got in development just for employers to try and help their employees. And a lot of times, employers have physios available for free for their staff or for cheap, or they have relationships with doctors or you know faculty-approved health healthcare. We can call it or facility-approved. And for us, those integrations are going to be really exciting to see what's useful for people. We're very much in a I guess a customer interview process with employees as well to try and work out what would help them and what would be a great solution for their staff. And in consumer, as I said, for now, it just says, Hey, go have a chat. That would be great. And we're really excited to build out that functional pathway as we, I guess, just get more information and data for what people want to use it for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So on the other side then, so assuming that there is no flag, uh, they're moving through uh, answering 10 to 15 questions and then Bodyguide assembles a uh, customized program of education and uh, guidance on how to do some uh, some exercises. Is that, is that the right term for it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So pairs you with exercises that may be relevant, education materials that may be relevant, and then, yeah, kind of a soothe function we have, which is like, you know, what lying on a ball in this spot just feels terrific. And it's interesting because a lot of the content in there would be and is really useful whether you're sore or not. It just kind of is structured at the moment as like that's our kind of unique value proposition. But yeah, you have daily sessions, they run about 25 minutes. So the process is about a two minute onboard from download to getting my program. And each session is about 25 minutes long. And already we've been doing beta testing for the last sort of three to four months. And the, the app is pulling out data, and, and we're getting some really exciting data at people feeling, you know, less discomfort within that first 25 minutes quite consistently. In fact, the majority of users are, are saying, yeah, I feel better after my first 25 minutes, which is pretty remarkable for us and, and very exciting. And we obviously just want to see that number go up. We want to see everyone using it, yeah, like going, wow, that was 25 minutes. I did it at midnight because, I you know, I'm up and I can't sleep. And, you know, what, my body feels better now. I'm going to go back to sleep. And I think that's a really powerful on-demand part of what the value of bodyguide
0: is. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely can see a lot more value around that idea as well, especially now that um, a lot of people have become forced in part, but certainly adapting to uh, remote work. And, you know, when you sort of bring up that employer employee type uh, context as well, it'll make a lot of sense to have something like a bodyguide when you're sort of sitting in your home office to encourage you to move, you know, because you're in a, a sedentary environment there for for most of the day, unless you actually do have some really good habits around getting up every hour, hydrating yourself, doing some stretches and the like. Are you seeing that potential or are there some people within your beta group that are are representative of that kind of user?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's really interesting because we filmed all of the content for Bodyguide, which was a huge process, but we filmed it uh, before COVID. And I think the underlying idea with with Bodyguide was very much like that you are capable, you can learn and you can affect real change with your body as long as you've got the right tools available. And and that tools concept was, let's show you how to like hack your desk setup so you can make it genuinely comfortable with day-to-day objects. Let's show you how you can do exercises that are genuinely challenging without needing any equipment. I think that's kind of lent itself. We were accidentally positioned really well for for this kind of work from home phase where absolutely not only are people working at like inappropriate ergonomic setups, they're decoupled from the existing infrastructure and they've lost their incidental exercise as well. And I think all of that is a perfect, and obviously like the emotional stress of being in lockdown or just, you know, the uncertainty, certainly those couple of first months where everyone was just absolutely on tilt. So I think that, yeah, we've got an issue where the vast majority of our population is on some level a bit triggered by this you know situation we're in, trying to work from home on bad chairs, you know, like, I think it's a really uh, a space that will need to continue to evolve for, for tools for workers, given that. You know the stats coming out about continuing to work from home you know it won't just be a switch and then we all go back to the office for a lot of us so i think learning to make your setup work for you is is a really important part of keeping everyone healthy while they're while they're working
0: yeah it makes a lot of sense we've uh, recently th- this is by Ball plus youtube channel we've recently put out some uh, discussions around remote work and occupational health and safety some ideas we've been remote working for a very long time so for us it's kind of just business as usual in a sense the the lockdown in of itself didn't change our our work culture but for so many other Australians it's been a radical change and and having to kind of deal with that where you know in the workplace uh, the employer has more control around the type of uh, workstation the setup the heights the type of chairs that are chosen where the monitors position relative to your eyeballs you know there's a whole bunch of stuff you know where the water cooler is You know how much space is around the individual but when you're at home you make those choices there's nobody else there from hr coming along and saying does this meet standard is this a specification is this in line with our guidelines so i'd imagine what's been unfolding for many months now is that um, hr departments and uh, employers have been sort of thinking through some of those impacts maybe maybe dealing with PPE and a whole host of other stuff around virus protection and cleanliness is concerned but i think as this thing unfolds, that a whole idea would make more sense to actually start considering what the home office environment is like and what sort of standards or quality controls could be put in place there to look after, you know, an employee's um, health and wellness, you know, in that context. What are your thoughts around that?
1: I think the ergonomic space is really interesting. So but behind this idea of like a, a good setup is a bunch of commercial interests in selling a whiz-bang desk and a whiz-bang chair and things like that. And for me, health has always been built on like, it's actually the simple fundamental things that you do that make the biggest difference. So like, there's no way you can teach your body to sit comfortably for 60 hours. Like it just is not, it's it's not what we're designed to do. And so there isn't some whiz bang chair that somehow magically facilitates your body being able to do this thing that it's not designed to do. But for me, it's always, yeah, the simple things. Uh, and so like the desk setup uh, content that we've, we've sort of shot for, for body guide is like, hey, you can use any chair and then modify it you know, with with items at home to make this more comfortable for you. But behind that is just like, but make sure it's actually comfortable for you. Like I think a lot of people run into trouble trying to do the right thing through their posture, trying to do the right thing through their sitting technique and end up getting themselves in a tiz because they're so busy trying to do the right thing that they don't just go for what's actually working for them. And I think that, that again ties to the heart of bodyguard, which is like, trust yourself, you're capable, you don't need to spend lots and lots of money on your health. You don't need to go to endless appointments. You need to do the basics really well and you need to feel like you're in control of the process. If you can start to feel in control of the process, everything else kind of starts to work itself out. You start making better decisions and accessing stuff when you need it, uh, not because you're worried. I think that makes a big difference for people.
0: There's a a line in your website where you state, don't let day-to-day life get in the way of your physical health. You know, where (laughs) where did that come from? It's interesting that's
1: the sentence that, that sort of resonates with you or that you're interested in. I think the idea is, well, actually, the, the, probably the easiest way I can describe this, and I hope this is a, is a good answer. I was astonished during our customer interview process because I'd ask, hey, imagine that you could use Bodyguide instead of going in for an appointment when you saw. And it was just like, a, what, what would you expect Bodyguide would need to be able to do? And all we were trying to understand there was like what people expected from the product if they, if they thought of it in that space. So oh, I think it would give me exercises and I think it would teach me about my body. And we go, cool. And then we ask, okay, how long would you expect it to need to work? And invariably, and with absolute confidence, customers would say or users, definitely four to six weeks. And and, and it was just fascinating to me because what, what was happening there, I think, is they were just benchmarking on the other aches and pains. So you can normally get an ache and a pain. You you sit on it for a, a week or two, right? You wait and see if it'll go away. You know, you hope it'll resolve. You rest for a bit. Maybe you take an anti-inflammatory. Maybe you have an extra glass of wine. It, most people eventually, like, they bounce around for a couple of weeks before they make an appointment unless it's really severe or maybe even five weeks. And then they get taken into an appointment structure where they see someone once a week and they get sort of drip fed information, which is no one's fault. It's just the structure of appointments that I I think are fundamentally a little bit inefficient because you don't have that support through it. So anyway, they're benchmarking against how long it took them last time to get better. And I think if they think that it's going to take them six weeks to get better, that's going to stop them even bothering to try in the first place. Um, because, you know, it's just a bit of a problem, you know, just a headache. I'll just take an afternoon off or have an ibuprofen or something like that. Those sort of negative health behaviors that creep up on you over 10 or 20 years. And so, yeah, I think the idea was like, let's set the bar a little bit lower. Let's just encourage people to do one thing or two things, three minutes. Let's not make them think that they have to opt in for appointments, drive across town, or they have to spend weeks and weeks and weeks on it that actually it it is the little things that help and you can fit them into, you know, crushing your career or like whatever awesome stuff (laughs) you're working on that you can actually still fit in just a little bit of health positive behaviors and that they do make a really big difference, not only in the short term, but sort of over the course of a lifetime that those little investments build up, you know.
0: That's super wise advice. It kind of makes me think about some of those, uh, you know, headache pills ads, you know, that we used to hear about a lot and still do, you know, that soldier on kind of reference, kind yeah, of appealing, yeah. appealing to that person who just doesn't have time to get any health care or kind of deal with it. It's like, just take a pill. But the key difference here, of course, is, is that there's no chemical. There's no synthetic material that you're ingesting. It's basically this is a natural intervention that you can take on In incorporate some new habits into your life it's kind of it's like a incremental step-by-step set of changes that you make and you know if you do that consistently and long enough you're actually now behaving that way and so you're in a better place is that sort of the fundamental idea
1: yeah absolutely and, and even if we if we consider a case in which body guide just can't help at all like if we consider that case where it is just an app right and sometimes you definitely do need to talk to professionals one of the issues is when you take on a new patient or client in a clinical setting is you spend the first 15 minutes trying to get a sense of them and you know there's that kind of like that lag time from filling out the forms all that kind of stuff so if, if i'm a practitioner and i know that an incoming patient has used Bodyguide guide and they had this stuff going on for them on monday and then i know that they've done these exercises during the week they show me or like at some point body guide should be able to spit that out and send it straight to your provider and then i see that you've done these four exercises for four days right and you got worse that information is actually really helpful to me as a practitioner. I look at what you've been doing. Oh, you've, okay, so that's what was going on for you on Monday. You did that on Thursday. You felt like you got worse on Friday. That information is actually collectively really useful in terms of fast tracking the care. And I mean, one of the things that, you know, feedback from a lot of practitioners that at my stage in my career after 10 years, one of the main reasons people tend to move out is they get really frustrated, I think, deep down teaching the really simple stuff. You know, they never get to dive into the amazing stuff that that physios and osteos and and chiros and myos and things can do with people because we are kind of stuck doing the really simple stuff. And so I think, yeah, that the idea is, like, if if you can use bodyguide to get rid of pain, great. If you can use bodyguide to upskill yourself before you see a practitioner, great as well. You know, it's just a part, like, for me, bodyguide's one piece of a whole bunch of health services that we need to get people feeling better it's not a standalone module we need to improve access to care and information for everyone and, and I guess bodyguard's my contribution um, my, my little I think this is really important that, that technology like this exists and it will exist you know at the moment it's exciting we're kind of you know I say first a visible market there are some things out there a bit similar but it's not a common bit of technology people are familiar with um, but if we fast forward five or ten years it will be um, There'll be lots of tools and they'll integrate with telehealth in really interesting ways and asynchronous care where you're texting with your doctor instead of actually being in front of them this is to me the next wave of and i think i've heard you say it before but you know patient-led healthcare like what actually solves the problem for the patient that maybe sits outside of a traditional appointment construct
0: dealing with these kind of uh, use cases where you have you have a consumer for lack of a better term but let's just say mom dad me Brother, sister whoever it is and you know an australian a member of society somebody's there going about their life and for whatever reason they're not actually taking the step to move uh, more formally into the healthcare settings and engaging with healthcare practitioners and so they have an opportunity to learn get educated and start to be supported through some habitual change that in the long run could have some real optimal healthcare benefits for them because you know, up until this point in time, maybe the way they were moving, maybe an injury when they were younger, that um, kind of self-corrected but not in an ideal way has led to some kind of, you know, pain. It's not enough to keep them out of the game, so to speak, and stop them from getting up every day. But it's kind of, you know, we kind of just accept certain things in our lives sometimes and we, we kind of incorporate it into our routine. So it's a great opportunity for people to actually take that on. And I think what you're doing fits right into that definition of a digital health uh, intervention. Uh, because you're doing it at a highly scalable way where there's this um, ability to take education content and um, adapt it for a variety of different different sort of presentations, for lack of a better term, but not diagnose, allow the person to kind of incorporate that information into their routine. And I think it's great that you're seeing the opportunity also for the um, employer sector, but ultimately it's, it, it'd be great to actually bring this as something that is kind of part of the arsenal of um, allied health. Uh, as well because you know I think allied health practices day to day try and educate and try and provide that in-between appointment type support and they're using certain CRM kind of tools and functions you know within products like Core Plus as an example but it relies on the person getting there in the first place right they've got to actually engage with the health practice in order to then have activated the whole education and um, support program that's been developed by that practice so you're kind of sitting out here uniquely as another point of access to healthcare which starts off in a self-referral kind of way. And I think it's really clever and innovative because it gives a person a low barrier access to healthcare, at least least some of the knowledge that they would otherwise get access to if they went to a healthcare uh, practice. But it doesn't replace the healthcare practice, just simply says, it makes it easier to kind of just take that step forward and experience it and start to see some benefit. And then if a flag pops up and says, hey, we think you should go and see a health practitioner, Like that's an amazing idea i'd love you to focus a little bit more on that because i think that is a super exciting referral channel or pathway for some of the allied health sector as well have you considered that
1: the ip driving it is is essentially mapping what we call the subjective questioning pathway so subjective means that your patient uh has all the information hey mate what's wrong your neck how long that kind of thing separate to the objective where you you know do a measured range of motion and the idea was that we could create a bunch of value following that pathway that would every now and then kick up something that absolutely should go and see someone. And I, I sort of got together a, a bunch of health professionals that I respected, physios and, and occupational therapists as sort of our advisory team, I guess, to work out that sort of patient facing language to pick up on when people are at risk, because we actually did quite a few iterations. And the first one like blocked like 30% of users and we have called oh, them really? work out and have been blocked. And so I had to refine and refine, and refine it. Refine it. But not only at that initial flagging point do we have an interesting referral opportunity, regular check-ins through the app also pick up on uh, symptoms that are going you know, south or they've got new symptoms and things. And that actually helps you pick up on, not pick up on conditions because, again, we're not diagnosing, but it, it lets you at least flag and say, hey, that's that's food for thought. You've had this underlying ache or pain for ages it's not resolving and now you've got this new symptom. You've started to notice that you're losing a bit of weight quickly. And they're the kinds of things that we know, and especially from like a primary health point of view, we know that people – put stuff off for long enough that eventually they do get a diagnosis that is time sensitive. That's a really amazing value proposition, I think, societally. And then if we dial it back to allied health stuff, it's, it's a qualifier for having an awesome patient lead, right? Like you've got a patient that is motivated to help themselves, that is trying stuff and not getting better. They do need support. As a practitioner, they're the patients that you love working with. They're the ones that you want to get up in the morning and go, awesome, I made a real difference. I got to work with someone who was motivated. They weren't kicking tires. They didn't just want a quick rub and then they were gone. So I think not only from a, you know, generating business, it's like generating the right business, who you want to work with in the moment at which you are most valuable to them. Uh, And I think that, you know, if I look back at my clinic journey when I used to pay for Google AdWords, the reason I stopped was the kind of quality of leads, we'll call it, of people just clicking on whatever was there. And if I had a product like this back when I was trying to grow my clinic and had employees, that would have been such a better lead generating tool for me than AdWords was.
0: hundred percent. I mean, those those who know me pretty well know uh, my views on healthcare system, the relative demand and Google. I kind of look at Google, even though it's very dominant. I mean, let's face it. They've got a very effective system for displaying ads. I think what's missing for a lot of health practices is the fact that demand isn't the problem. There are so many people who need access to um, allied healthcare uh, in particular. Paying for ads in order to uh, align with that, for me, is a problem I'd love to solve. I'd love to reduce the amount of um, ad spend for health practices by actually orchestrating uh, demand better at a systemic level so uh, we can actually bring wherever the journey starts whether it's loading bodyguide and interacting with it for a couple of weeks and then realizing that uh you're being recommended to to move into healthcare or whether it's um word of mouth or whether it's a gp or whether it's a physiotherapist down the road or a psychologist up the road wherever we start our journey i kind of see this vision of the whole healthcare system cooperating and working together and it doesn't matter whether it's a person or whether it's health tech it's the system. It's the overall culture of healthcare that actually starts to help that consumer get to the right place at the right time in order to help them with whatever support or intervention they might need uh, for their uh, for their healthcare outcomes. Anyway, sorry, I, I get a little bit passionate about that topic when it comes to, you know, the amount of money that gets spent on uh, Google Ads.
1: We all wasted money on it. Like I think every everyone with a clinic tried because you're desperately trying to get people in front of you and you discount you guys, and you're basically on a long enough timeline. you go. Who are the people that are referring? Who are the people that are wild about the services that we're doing and how do we support them better and empower them? And in the in the startup ecosystem, you say, listen to your power users. Like, don't listen to the detractors. Listen to people that love it. Find out why they love it and then do more of that for them. And I think that's why a lot of practitioners on a personal level end up gravitating towards either chronic pain work because, again, they qualified. they need you for a while, and you get to build real relationships with them, which is the most beautiful part about being in clinical practice is the relationships that you build. Or, or you kind of end up in optimization space where you're trying to work with people not because they perceive deficit in their bodies, but because they want to jump higher, run faster. And that's a really nice space to work in as well. But they're just, I hurt myself on the weekend. I'm not very motivated to fix it. I just want someone to crack me into place and I'm gone again. That, that on just a personal level, I think for a lot of therapists is, is part of why they fall out of love with the industry. And that's a real shame because you're getting like these amazing therapists who are moving out into you know corporate settings and trying to find a, a place for them. At the, at the heart of it, I think a lot of the people that are attracted to health in particular are sort of micro-thinkers, as in um, not as in small thinkers, as in if I've got a patient in front of me, I really want them to be 100% better. And if they're 90% better, I'll be pissed off. Like I will want that extra 10%. But then when we look at it from a societal point of view, we have this sort of macro-thinking that goes, you know what, if we could just shift the needle on this 10%, it would, you know, change these costs down the track for hospital setting, for private health insurers. And I think we have, yeah, a lot of people that are on the ground doing the good work. And it's almost like a personality thing that then yeah, runs into this thing where body guide and similar tools to circle back to the very start of this conversation until I think we fix the body literacy issue, which is that people just don't understand their bodies very well. A lot of us are functioning a little bit like ambulances at the bottom of the cliff. You know, we're getting people once they're, they're really, really sore or really in a state because at no point in high school, in early adult life was there consumer facing tools to genuinely kind of get to know your body and understand how it moves. And I think again, that's my sort of contribution with Body Guide, is to try and get people engaged with this is your shoulder blade and this is what it does. Here are your hips and here's how they move. Here's why the angle of your foot when you're moving is significant. You know, like those kind of basic like life hacks we can call them that I've found through private practice and talking to other therapists really do make sustainable change for people. They they remember oh, I got to do that, and uh, and they feel better for it.
0: I I think that's where it's going because at the end of the day potential patients or clients, uh, and they've got their own lives. And, uh, you know, if the healthcare service uh, isn't kind of aligned with their life and lifestyle in a convenient way, they won't prefer it. Uh, they would have to have something acute happen to them or perhaps, uh, you know, have some really severe chronic uh, conditions in order to then adapt, obviously, their life for the uh, healthcare uh, that comes with it. So I think that's kind of the part of the art and the challenge for the healthcare sector is to kind of figure out how to be more integrated into a client's life as compared to, I guess, a somewhat legacy model, which is how do we get the clients to come into and fit conveniently into healthcare's life? That client-centred care model is about actually turning it the other way and looking at it through the eyes of the customer and saying, you know, how does our healthcare fit into their lives? You know, how does it support their, you know, is it convenient for their schedules? Um, And we aligned with their goals. You know, you can't do that in person 100% of the time. You can only do that partially in person, so you have to find other ways in order to build out that engagement and that relationship over time. So, bringing it, I guess, bring it back to Bodyguide, I think you've got a, a cracking idea opening up here and the cooperation of Bodyguide between, uh, well, I guess, the consumer and Bodyguide and potential for Bodyguide to interact with the healthcare system and employers and employee settings and other kinds of settings, I, I see that as a, as a massive potential. And I really appreciate you uh, coming in today, Matt, and sort of sharing the journey, practitioner into startup entrepreneur, into an app developer and all these different hats that you wear now, uh, doing UX research and uh, uh, product roadmap development and a whole bunch of stuff that uh, is very geeky language for us in the industry, but super exciting. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing your progress, Matt. Thanks for coming along.
1: It's a really exciting phase, and I'm really curious how other smart health professionals contribute as well in this space. You know, where where do these technologies end up? Bodyguide's just a little bit, you know, of a big tapestry of services that we as a community will get better at delivering healthcare through. And I think it's a really, you know, that patient-led healthcare is a really exciting time to be in health <laughs> um, because change is coming and that's really exciting for all of us. So yeah, thank you for having me and letting me uh yeah chat about my journey I guess to Bodyguide.
0: It's absolutely a pleasure. Thanks Matt.
1: No worries. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, Don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Gianni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.